Hello, my friends. Welcome to our podcast, Literary Ladies. I'm KP. I'm Melanie. And it's been a hot minute, but we're back. We both took a little bit of a break. We went on vacation. We spent some time with our families and we read and now we're back. Yes, there was definitely reading done on vacation for me. (laughs) Not really for me, but it's okay because I caught up and we're good to go. And you're ahead of me anyway now, so that's fine. (laughs) It's true. It's true. But then I'm like, do I just like not have a life? And that's why I'm ahead of you because I just sit at home and read now because I'm an old lady. That's like life goals. I don't know. (laughs) I'm killing it. I'm crushing the game. (laughs) Wow. Look at me go. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to do a review of Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. So I can do a little synopsis. So this is a book about a African-American young woman who nannies for um, a white family. And one night they are at a convenience store and she gets accused of kidnapping the child. And then the book kind of talks about the dynamics of her life and the family's life and a man that is connected to both of them. So it's very interesting. Yes, spoiler alert, uh, we will be talking about this book in its entirety so if you haven't read it yet and you want to pause now go read the book and come back later true that go do that if you haven't read it yet so i will did you write these or you uh pulled them from somewhere i found these online okay perfect so i will start and ask you the first question um such a fun age is told from the perspectives of two highly different women amira and alex Uh, How did the narration impact your reading experience? Did you relate more to one woman than the other? Did that change as you read the novel? So I didn't super relate to like either of them, but personality wise, I feel like I'm way more like Amira, Um, but obviously like I don't know the struggle of being a black woman in America. So I cannot relate to her in that sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I did not relate to Alex at all. She was the worst. Yeah, I, um, I really liked the narration. I liked hearing the different points of view and like what was going on from both sides. I would say in the beginning, I could kind of relate to, um, Alex or Alix or however you say her name, because, um, she's very like organized and entrepreneurial and wants to like go get them and be this like boss bitch woman you know um but then she kind of gets a little cray as you continue reading so then I stopped relating to her as much but definitely like how she was presented at first I could see that but yeah again like what you said uh relating to Amira neither of us are going to have that perspective of being a black woman in America so um I'm sure there's questions where we'll kind of dive deeper into that and talk about it but it was definitely, yeah, I can't relate to that, but I definitely related at the beginning to a Yeah, for sure. So the next question, after Kelly takes a video of Amira in the grocery store, she asked him not to release it. Did you understand her request? What would you have done if you were in her position? I a hundred percent understand what she did. Like if you just look at any celebrity, And that's essentially what she would become after they would play this video, probably like at a national level on the news. Um, 
people can just be either really supportive or really, really negative. And I feel like sometimes even you can get a million positive comments and one negative comment is just going to like tear you to shreds. So I totally understand her not wanting to put herself out in to public eye like that to have people not be supportive of her. Yeah. I think that she didn't want to like cause a scene. She brushed it off so quickly that mm-hmm. I it, I thought like this must not be like the first time something like this has happened to her. Absolutely, and, yeah. Yeah, and she probably doesn't want to cause a scene. And then later in the book, we kind of find out that she doesn't want Alex and Peter to see it because she was kind of embarrassed by how she acted, like cursing at the cop and um, acting a certain way because she was upset. So, I mean, if I were her, I would not want it to be released. I would also have just brushed it off. So I get why she wanted that. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to the narration. That was kind of funny because Alix didn't want Amira to find out what her husband had said in his position. That was kind of a racist. And then Amira didn't really know about it. And she was worried that because she had cursed in front of their daughter, like she was going to get reprimanded for that. So uh, just going back and forth and hearing that. And I don't think Amira ever even found out that that happened either. So (laughs) it was funny that she was worried about that. And meanwhile, if she would have only known like what her employers were saying (laughs) on the news. Um, Yeah. And we'll get into it later. Like I think, um, it was also complicated with Elix and Peter and like where they were coming from. Not really Peter. He wasn't as bad, mm-hmm. but yeah, she was just, it was a mess. Yeah. Um, so the next question, it says the question of parental versus parental figure relationships is pivotal in this story. How does Briar's relationship with Amira differ from that with her mother? How do Amira and Elix each relate to Briar in turn? So I think that Amir definitely gave Briar the attention that she seeked so mm-hmm. desperately. It was so sad to me when Alix didn't really care about them going to the Halloween thing at the dance studio. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously both of them had planned that and they were excited for it. And it just kind of showed the huge disconnect between her and her child, like not really knowing what her child liked and what they didn't like and whatever. And at the end, when Amira said to Elix, um, you need to start paying attention to her before she notices, don't. I was like, oh shit, like this is bold of you to say. And also like the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I also think that I agree with everything you said, but, and I also think that Um, we didn't hear a whole lot about Amira's backstory, but we did know that she's kind of in this babysitting role. She's working another job. Her apartment is not like the best. She's splitting the rent with someone else who, um, were they about to move out or was that her other friend? I can't remember. So her other friend was moving out and she was thinking about moving in to that apartment, but But it was too expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of talked about how her furnishings in the house weren't very good. And she was kind of embarrassed about it when Alix came over with Briar. But um, I think that these experiences that she had with Briar, because she was super disappointed about not going to the Halloween party too. Those were like maybe first time experiences for her too. So she 
got to like go through it with Briar. So I think she related to Briar just on that level and also just had this bond with her that her mom didn't have at all. Yeah, I agree. So next up, while the age in the title recalls childhood, the novel is very much about Amira's pivotal age and her experience as a 25-year-old learning how to be a grown-up. Talk about some of Amira's challenges as well as her freedoms. How do you, how does your experience compare to hers? Okay. The, the one thing that comes to mind when I think about this is when, um, Alix's, when they were at uh, Thanksgiving and one of Alix's friends was asking her about, or kind of pressuring her about where she was going to go to college and what she was going to keep doing with her life. And I feel like that's just so uh nail on the head hit the nail on the head yeah for like that age range like it's so enforced in us to go to college and then it's like well now our college degree is even like worth much because everyone has one like everyone's being forced to go to college and we just forget about all of these other occupations that people can do without a degree and you don't necessarily have to go to college so I definitely relate a lot to what was happening there with her and um, some of the challenges she faced there. And I think it is it. I think the book like perfectly reflected kind of what it's like to be working in a job without a degree and worrying like, am I going to have health insurance? Am I going to be able to pay my rent this month? You know? Yeah. I could totally relate to it because I was looking back on where I was at when I was 25. I was living at home. I was working a job at a hotel that did not have benefits. It had awful pay. It was terrible. And um, I didn't have a college degree. So it was, you know, I kind of had to move home and figure out where I was going to work, kind of start from the bottom and work my way up. And it worked out, thankfully for me, but for some people it doesn't because they don't really find that like job or career that they want to get into that they can get into without a degree. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Uh, Next question. An unexpected person links Amira and Alex. Uh, What was your reaction when you realized the connection? How did it make you view Alex differently and Amira differently? Um, So I thought at the beginning of this that Kelly knew that Amira worked for Alix mm-hmm. and he was somehow trying to like sabotage their relationship or something but then later in the book when you realize that he like didn't know it was just a big coincidence um Alix definitely had like so much resentment and anger towards him and when he said to her like all I did to you was break up with you that's mm-hmm. the only thing I ever did to you And I was like, dang, like, that's true. Like she's taking this and like being a victim, but he didn't even do anything to her. All he did was not want to be with her anymore in high school. Yeah. Alix is like wild. Like when you heard her narration, when all that was going on, you're like, girl, you need some like serious help. (laughs) What in the world is going on in that brain? Um, Yeah, I... I, I think I didn't really, it was weird to me because obviously he knew like the last names of the people and maybe it's just cause she had been married. So her last name was different and she had 
I don't know, but you'd think that he would have realized or at least been curious if he knew the first name was the same, but I didn't really have any suspicions that he knew until they got there at Thanksgiving. And that was a big surprise when they saw each other. But um, yeah, other than that, I mean, definitely my opinion of Alix changed after she started trying to like, cause she was, can we just talk about how weird she was like obsessing about Amira? I was like, is she in love with her? I didn't really know what was going on with that. I also thought she was in love with her. I was like, I don't understand this. Like, first, you don't really, like, care about having a relationship. And then you find out she's dating Kelly and you're, like, in love with her and you want to, like, be with her. And then it after that, she kind of just wanted to, like, be her best friend. Mm-hmm. I don't know if her attraction to Amira started because Kelly was attracted to Amira. Mm-hmm. I just, that whole thing was so weird to me. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was like a big roller coaster, but that's besides <laughs> the point, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I was like, girl, like, get your head straight. Yeah, it, it was her. nuts. Yeah, my opinion of her definitely changed throughout the book. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also didn't think she was horrible at the beginning of the book. But then the more I got into it, the more I was like, oh my gosh, like this woman is a psychopath. Yeah. Cause you kind of find out that she's been crazy the entire time. Like, especially when you see that she realized that she had accidentally put the note for Kelly in the wrong locker and she had like sent this person to not prison, but got arrested for no reason really. Exactly. All right, so Kelly is the first person to point out the racist accusations against Amira, but at times he seems to forget that they have very different experiences, whereas Amira is always aware of it. Talk about the moments where they don't seem to communicate well about their specific perspective. Um, I mean, I think you can see this from the very beginning with the um, video that he took because he was really adamant that she needed to have it, even though she insisted, like, I just want you to delete it off of your phone and he like still persisted and made her email it to herself and obviously that ended up biting them both in the butt at the end of the book where Alex ended up sending the video but because it was in like the sent folder from the email or whatever um yeah I think that's the biggest part where I saw it and I'm trying to think of any other do you have any other that you have to point out from the book no the only one was the him taping the interaction Mm -hmm. I don't think he had been exposed to something like that where he'd seen someone being so blatantly racist so he was I think very thrown off by it whereas Mm -hmm. Amira I think was just like okay move on yeah she was pretty like cool calm and collected like obviously her narration she's like what the heck is going on but you know she's calling her boss and keeping briar close to her because it's like these other people are strangers like why would i let this child that i'm taking care of go with you strangers like just because you're white like i'm supposed to trust you with this child heck no what in the world yeah and i and when she called Peter later in the book, Alix was like, why didn't she call me? Why didn't she feel comfortable to call me? And it's like, maybe because you're a psychopath. Yes. And Peter's normal. <laughs> but I mean, this has happened so much. 
I don't want to say so much, but I know this has happened in real life where um, African-American people have been seen with white children and accused of kidnapping or I don't know. Yeah, I guess just kidnapping them. And that is like so insane to me. Like, yeah, because I feel like you're my first reaction of the opposite. If I saw like a white couple with an African-American or like any other race other than white, if they had a child, I would be like, oh, they adopted the kid maybe, or like, maybe they had it with a different partner or whatever. Like mm-hmm. my mind doesn't go to kidnapping like that. It just blows my mind that that's the first place. Like, obviously, yeah. Always be aware of things with anybody. Like, but if no, if no one's acting distressed, like they're dancing in the store together, like this child is in no clear distress. Yeah. There was no reason for that to have been called out at all. And then I think at one point the cop was asking Briar, like, do you know this woman? Who is this woman? And it's like, she does obviously, but she's also like, I think three years old at this point. Yeah. So- her communication oh. skills were not like good. And I'm thinking like, what if she had, um, what was the other baby's name? Like Catherine, Catherine, I think, or yeah. something. I'm like, what if she had that child too? like, can't communicate and say like, oh yeah, I know who this is. Like, I know their name. Yeah. So that would have been so bad. And that's not appropriate for an adult cop to ask a three-year-old if they know the person that they're with. Yeah. Like that's insane. <laughs> No. And then he's, he like tried to take her phone. She's like, no, like, let me just call my boss and get them to come down here. Like, I can't imagine that's, that's wild. Yeah. Um, okay. So Kelly and Alex have a fraught history. Do you think Alex is right to blame Kelly for many of her issues growing up? Do you think Kelly's perception of Alex, uh, as spoiled and privileged is fair? So I think that going back to him just saying that the only thing he ever did to her was break up with her mm-hmm. and she um, made up all these scenarios in her head as to all the things he did to her that he never actually did. And yeah, it was her mistake putting that letter in the wrong locker. And then, yeah, she was spoiled. She was privileged. She didn't understand any other perspective besides the the lane she was in yeah the only thing I will say is that it talked about how her parents became millionaires and then spent all of their money very rapidly so Mm -hmm. I think that maybe her entire life wasn't that way and that's when she kind of like had to build it up herself by helping those kids write the letters but um yeah for the most part I agree with what you said especially him saying you know the only thing I ever did to you was break up with you and like that should have just been the end of their relationship like oh what a coincidence now like 15 years later we're running into each other outside of our high school like cool how have you been not oh my god you ruined my life and now you're trying to backstab me with my babysitter (laughs) like who instantly starts to think that I don't know a, a mad woman. A mad woman. <laughs> All right. Um, Alix devotes herself to befriending Amira, but Amira only sees Alix as her employer. At the end of the day, did you find their relationship to be anything more than transactional? In what ways do you 
do each of the women try to maintain or disrupt that boundary? Uh, yeah, no, there was like nothing more to the relationship other than Alik's wanting to like invade into this other woman's life. Cause if she really wanted to be friends with her, it would have started from the very beginning when she started working there, it wouldn't have just been like a spur of the moment thing, like years after she had been working for them already. I don't know how long she actually worked for them, but yeah. Um, and as far as them like maintaining the boundary, I would say Amira, like continuing to have that like work polo that she wore, like every time she was there, that was probably like her way of being like, Hey, I like work for you. I'm not trying to sit here and drink wine with you every night and be your best friend. Yeah. So I think the two times that Alik's like kind of crossed the boundaries was looking at Amira's phone almost every day. That is insane to me. Yeah, That's not your property. And then um, when she showed up to Amira's house, but Amira had never given her her address. She like found it off the resume. Oh. Yeah. I was like, what? That's when she showed up with the kids I was like this is insane yeah you're right I didn't even think about that yeah hmm. so and also when they did the interview at the end of the book with the news station mm-hmm. and Amira said like oh yeah I was wearing my work uniform and Alix did not like that she said that but it's true mm-hmm. she had her wearing a uniform while she worked for her Oh, that woman was nuts. Um, <laughs> toward the end of the novel, Alix is confronted with the possibility that she had not acted in Amira's best interest. Do you think Alix meant well by getting involved in Amira's situation? Do her intentions ultimately matter? Um, Alix did not mean well by releasing that video. She wanted there to be buzz for her new book so that people bought it. And then she wanted to clear her husband's name saying he wasn't a racist. Cause you know, if you have an African-American woman working for you, you cannot be a racist. Right. And she also wanted to ruin Amira and Kelly's relationship, which she did because they never ended up getting back together, which is really sad to me. I thought they would, but I thought they would too. That was very sad in the end. Yeah. Um, no, she, I don't, she was never like going back to the question we just answered. If they had been friends from the beginning, then yeah, it could have possibly been that she was acting in her best interest. And she did offer to like get her a lawyer or whatever, but that was even then purely out of um, her own worry, I guess, for like her husband. I don't know. Cause like if the video would have come out, I guess it would have made him look better after what he said online. But Uh, she also didn't want to lose like her as a babysitter either. So it was definitely just like self-serving everything that she did. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not super relevant to this question, but back to the one about like her having a relationship with Amira, she had mentioned that all of her friends had really close relationships with their nannies. And I don't think she was like able to do that. She Mm -hmm. didn't have the type of personality to be able to have the super intimate relationship with her nanny where it Mm -hmm. felt like family. Which is so weird to me because she's like coaching all of these like college age students on how to like write these papers and stuff. So you think she'd have some form of like 
good social interaction, but apparently that's not the case. (laughs) She did not. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, The last chapter follows Amira Amira in the years after the incident at the Chamberlain's. In what ways did the things change, if at all? Did anything you learned about Kelly, Alex, or Briar surprise you? Um, I really liked... It was interesting because Alix kind of um, accused Kelly of being infatuated with black women. And then you find out that he's dating another black woman when she like runs into them somewhere later down the road. But I'm kind of like, that doesn't really say that he's like, maybe that's just his type. Like some people that's, I guess that's weird to say, like, I don't know. What's your opinion on that? Like people having a type but it being a race like if they're like more attracted to like black women over white women yeah I feel like sometimes that's just a thing that happens I don't know if that's like necessarily being infatuated over them and that could just me be me being ignorant about it but I don't know no I think everyone just has a certain type of person that they're physically attracted to Mm -hmm. and whether that's white black Indian Asian whatever like I don't I don't think that's weird to only be attracted to a certain um, race Mm -hmm. or certain type of person. I don't know. I think that was so weird that she, that Alix even like said that because Mm -hmm. in real life, if you know someone who only dates, uh, you know, skinny, white, blonde women, you're not going to be like, oh, you only date these type of women. You're Mm -hmm. obsessed with them. Yeah. Yeah. That would never happen. Yeah. I um, don't remember much about Alix and Briar. So what were, what are your opinions on what they talked about with them after? Um, I think it was just that um, she ran into Briar and I think Briar didn't see her and she was trying to uh, see if she should say hi or not. And I don't think that she did. Okay. That's good. Cause then that kind of shows that she's moved. Cause she was really, attached. I think people, yeah. Attached. I think people get so, um, attached and like, uh, caught up in what they're doing every day. And it just change is really hard for people sometimes. And I think she was very worried about that going to a different position. And she finally kind of got the strength to go away from that and not be with Briar every day. And I guess just seeing her, then like she's still a person she's still like doing okay I think that was reassurance for her yeah I agree I think that she would have left that job sooner had she not had that relationship with but it was hard for her to leave and to not see Briar every day yeah um okay so last question there are many uncomfortable but relatable moments in such a fun age in what ways do, or did you see your own experiences reflected in this story? How do you feel seeing them explored through the characters? The only thing I super related to was like the age thing and trying to like find out where I should be in my life at age 25, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are in that, um, 
kind of situation after college where they have to move home, they have to, whether you graduate college or not, they move home, they have to figure out what kind of job they're going to get. Mm -hmm. 26 is like a scary age because it's when you're cut off from your parents' insurance. So you have to like figure out how to get a job with insurance by 26. Yeah, it, it did a really good job kind of talking about navigating through that time frame and what happens when you maybe aren't getting it completely right all the time. So I, I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah. Um, and moving on to our rating, what would you give this book out of five stars? I would give it a four out of five. I agree. That's what I rated it on Goodreads too. I liked it. I, I would definitely recommend reading it. It was good. You'll um, The incident with the grocery store happens like right in the very beginning of the book and it'll kind of make your blood boil and make you want to like go yell at this security man at this fictional grocery store (laughs) (laughs) yeah I when I went into reading this I definitely thought it was going to be more of like a social issue book Mm -hmm. where they dive into um racism in America and that incident but it, it really wasn't so focused on that. It was more of like a coming of age and kind of a romance because she had that romance with Kelly. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Um, so next we're going to say who we would cast as the characters if they were in a movie. We have three. Um, so do you want to start? Do you want to do like Kelly, Alix, and then Amira? Mm-hmm. Okay. So who did you pick for Kelly? I picked Adam Brody. Oh, yeah, that's a great choice. I really like him. Um, I selected Aaron Tveit. I don't know if you know who that is. I don't. Who is that? T-V-E-I-T. I don't know if I pronounced his last name right. I'm looking him up. He's been on Broadway, Les Mis... He is very attractive. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just uh, found KP, her new celeb crush. Yes. He's really cute. I've never seen this man before. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. Who did you pick for Alix? Um, I picked Carrie Mulligan. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. I don't know who that is. She's a British actress. I picked. Oh, okay. I think she looks pretty familiar. Yeah. Um, I picked Jessica Beale, and I'm sure that's just because I've been watching Cruel Summer, but I feel like she would work. She would work. Mm-hmm. I was very conflicted if I should pick someone with brown hair or with um, blonde hair because. Throughout the book, I was like, Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon. But then I was like, she's too, I feel like she's too old for this. Yeah, I tried to pick someone who was the same age as who I picked for Kelly because they went to high school together. So um, who'd you pick for Amira? I picked Megan Good. Oh, wait. Okay. I know who that is. Mm-hmm. I think. Was she in like a horror movie recently? Yeah, The Intruder. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I like her a lot. Yeah. Cool. I picked Zendaya. Oh, okay. I thought of her actually. Yeah. But it's in my mind, she's like so young. <laughs> yeah. 
She's 24. She's 24 though. So that's like pretty, probably closer than who I picked. But she looks, I think, younger than 24. So I think who you picked might. Yeah, my my pick is 39. Wow, I really did not pay attention to that. (laughs) But she could come across as younger. That's true. I feel like older people always play younger people anyway. Yeah, that's true. (sighs) Great selections. Okay, so why don't you tell them what book we're reading next? Because you selected it. I did. So we are reading Verity by Colleen Hoover. I've heard so much about this book. Everyone I talk to, I'm like, what's your favorite thriller? And they're like, Verity. And I'm like, all right, we're going to read it. Yeah. um, I've seen so much, not just about Verity, but all of the Colleen Hoover books. So if you've read them before, like send us a message and tell us what other ones we should read because there's so many. And I already have some on our list. I realized that Heartbones is a Colleen Hoover book. And I already had that on our to be read list. And there's just so many that I want to add. So let us know what other ones you like too. Totally. And we're on Instagram, literary ladies pod. We have an email literary ladies pod at gmail.com. Send us questions, send us, I don't know. Recommendations for books. We're here for it. (laughs) Just write us an email. We can become pen pals with you. Yeah. Just say hi. (laughs) And um, if you like this podcast, keep listening, give us a rating, tell your friends, tell your grandma, tell your mom, tell your dog, tell your dog, (laughs) tell everyone. Or if you're a cat person, tell your cat. That's fine too. (laughs) Sure. And yeah. Let us know um, on Instagram what books we should read next. If you want to be a special guest, let us know. And we'll probably say yes, because Mm -hmm. we love making new friends. Yes, we do. All right. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.